Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience, where we want you to experience the power of the true and living God. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. We are one church in four locations. Please visit LivelyStoneTemple.org for additional information. The year 2022 is almost here, and by God's permission, I truly believe that there are some great things that are going to happen for the kingdom of God here on earth. Amen? If you want God to give you some fresh ideas, it's real important to take an interest in others too. Amen? Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 of the New Living Translation. And it reads, Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Amen. This message was recorded on December the 19th, 2021. The Word of God is being brought forth by Elder Joseph Lee Taylor Jr. Now let's follow along in our Bibles. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12. When you have it, please say amen. Amen. And it reads, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane as Esau, that's who we're looking for, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, after he did that, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. I want to read verse 17 again. For we know how that after when he, we're talking about Esau, when he was rejected, when he would have, when Esau would have inherited the blessing, he was what? Rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears tears. This morning, with the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you and minister to you all this morning from the thought, he's got more for you. He's got more for you. Amen. Touch yourself. Just say, he's got more for me. He's got more for me. He ain't run out. He ain't run out. He ain't short. He ain't bankrupt. He's got more. For me. And look at someone else and encourage them and say, hey, he's got more for you. He's got more for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't getting enough. We, 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 ain't, we ain't getting enough. D. He, he's got more for us. And somebody shout more. more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, looking at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 17, the figure that we are introduced here to here is Esau. And we know the story of Jacob and Esau. And how Isaac was their father. And they were twins. Rebecca being their mother. And this particular text here is dealing with what happened after Esau sold his birthright to his baby brother, 
the younger twin, Jacob. And it says here that after Esau sold his birthright for one morsel of meat, one morsel of meat, after he did that, he, he, we knew that he would have inherited the blessing. Had he not done that, he would have inherited the blessing that comes along with getting the birthright. That comes along according to the culture and custom. That blessing goes to the, the elder, the oldest child, the oldest son. Gets a double blessing when the father passes off the scene. That would have been Isaac. He said, but he couldn't because he was what? Rejected. Why was he rejected? For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it with tears. Now, now we've heard this taught sometimes in the manner that uh, you can mess up so badly and so much with God that there will be no possibility of you being able to repent. That's not what this is talking about. Somebody say context. context. And you got to look at what's going on in the context of the text. And you can't pull one verse out of this, out of its context, and make it mean something that it does not mean. It's kind of like synonyms that we have. Some words spelled the same way, but they have different meanings. Some of them just sound the same way. Uh, I could say to you, T-O, T-W-O, or T-O-O, and you don't know if I mean two, two, or two. But I give you some context. I can say I want to eat two hot dogs with you too. And then you get it. <laughs> but context matters. What he's talking about here is when you read the definition of repentance here, it's talking about a change of mind. And what happened was as we read the text, if we examine the story of Jacob and Esau, we'll find out that there are two incidents. One where Esau sells his birthright to his brother Jacob for some food. And then the latter part is when Isaac is getting ready to die and he wants to give the blessing to his child. And typically, he'd want to give it to the older son, that would be Esau. And again, Esau got hosed by his brother, Jacob. Amen? And so, in the latter part, after he had sold his birthright, later on, the Bible here says afterward, he's looking for a place of repentance and he could not find it. He's looking for someone to change their mind about what he did. Give me my birthright back. I was wrong. I messed up. I should not have done that. And the Bible says he could not find it, though he sought it carefully with tears. But somebody say, God's got more for me. Mm -hmm. God's got more for you. Jacob and Esau when Rebecca was carrying them, we noticed Isaac um, was, uh, he marries Rebecca, and Rebecca is barren. She's barren. She means she cannot have children. She can't do it. And in, in, in doing so, the Bible lets us know that, 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 that uh, Isaac went before the Lord and interceded on behalf of his wife for a womb so that she might be able to have a child. Because, you know, back then, it meant a whole lot for a woman to give her husband a child, particularly a man child, uh, because they wanted to carry on the lineage and the name and the line of their family. And so it meant something for a woman to give her husband a man child. And Isaac prays before the Lord. And it is, it is Rebecca that God actually speaks to. 
and lets her know that she's going to be with the child. But then, lo and behold, God does a little bit extra. Not only is she carrying one child in her womb, but she's carrying what? Twins. And they're moving around. Anybody in here of a woman, if you ever carried a child, you know that carrying one is hard enough. But carrying two, uh, can you imagine two car seats at the same time? Two baby strollers at the same time. Two cases of Similac at the same time. One, you finally put one down at 3 a.m. and the other one wakes up at 3.30 a.m. Crying in the house at the same time. Mommy, daddy, mama, dad, all the hollering going on at the same time. And she's got these two babies in her womb and they're struggling. There's a wrestle going on in there. And then the word of the Lord came to let her know there's two nations at war inside of you. And it's prophesied to her that the, the elder is going to serve the younger when they are born. So what in the world is going on here? And she gives birth to them and, and Esau comes out and he's a hairy baby. He's a red of red skin and hairy baby. And when he comes out, lo and behold, there's a, a hand of the second baby grabbing onto the heel of Esau. That would be Jacob. That is it's evident that the war has been going on because it seems like uh, uh, or legend would tell us that Jacob might have been fighting to come out first. <laughs> there was a, certainly a war going on inside of them. And the war continues on and on into their adulthood. Until the Bible lets us know that Esau was, uh, he was a country boy. You know, he, he, was a, he was a gamesman. He was a hunter. He was always out in the field. He was always hunting and with his bow and his arrow doing, doing these sorts of things. He, he, had, he was a very hairy fella, a lot like Elder Taylor here. He's got hair all up and down his arms, but his might have been thicker than mine. And he is hunting one day, and, and, and Jacob is, is Jacob's a little mama's boy. You know, Rebecca's just crazy about little Jacob. Amen. You know, her little Jacob can't do no wrong. Mama just love her some Jacob. Amen. And and, and, and Esau is coming in from the field one day, and Jacob's cooking some, some pottage. And, and, and Esau says, hey, man, let me, let me get some of that stuff you're cooking. Man, it smells real good. And, and Jacob says to him, he says, I'll give it to you, but you got to give me your birthright. Now, now I, 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 I'm often uh, here how Esau gets such a bad name in this story because they said that he devalued his birthright. He was willing to give away the blessing that was coming to him because he was hungry. As a matter of fact, the Bible would go on to say in Genesis 25th chapter that Esau is so hungry that he tells his brother, man, I'm about to die. I'm so hungry. I feel like I'm about to die. And Esau gets a bad rep because he trades the one thing that was guaranteed to him for his appetite. But I would like to put a little bit of the blame on Jacob here as well. Because if Jacob also, if he feels like, uh, like the birthright is only a bargaining chip for him to get what he wants, then he also does not understand the value of the birthright to be given to his brother. And he, he, un he knew that it was a great thing for him to have. He knew that his elder brother was going to have this thing. It would be a double blessing that he would get. And Jacob says to himself, I can use what I have. I can capitalize upon this moment to use what I have to get what I want. I don't care if it robs my brother of his birthright. 
I don't care if it robs my brother of his rightful position in our family. All I know is that I want what I want. Anybody ever met anybody that's been selfish? Anybody ever had to deal with selfish people? They don't care how you feel as long as they get what they want. They want to call you. Can you please pick me up from work? I get off at seven. And I say, well, I got to be to work at I got to be to work at seven fifteen, and you live thirty minutes across town. That'll make me late to work. You can be late sometime. They ain't gonna fire you. And yeah, just selfish people just make you so sick. And they and selfish people always know what you got. You know, I know you got paid last week. You can help me out with some gas. Just just selfish. Oh, you too. Oh, you remember when I gave you a ride? So now you got your new car. You too good for me to ride in your car? Just selfish people don't want you to have nothing. Don't want you to enjoy your own stuff. They know how you supposed to use your stuff better than you know how you supposed to use your stuff. Just absolutely selfish. Jacob is selfish. I'll go ahead and say it. God, but what's crazy is this is the same one who will later go on to be called Israel. I'm so glad that God looked beyond my faults and saw all of my needs. I'm so glad that I serve a God that knows how raggedy I am, but still continues to plan to use me. Amen. He is determined to get the most potential out of my life. And Jacob, we beat, we beat Esau up so bad. Esau, how could you do such a thing? Jacob, how could you do such a thing? You found your brother in his weakest moment. You found your brother in his most uh, desperate time of need. You know he'd been hunting all day. You know he'd been out in the hot heat sun all day. You know he's a hairy fella, so you know he gets hot a little easier than you do. You've been sitting up on the mama all day cooking your little pottage, cooking your little meat, your little stew, and all I did was came and asked you to give me something to eat because I'm starving and I feel like I'm at the point of death and you took this opportunity to capitalize upon my weakness because you decided to be selfish and Esau gives into it and Esau finds himself without the birthright. How many of you know God uses this point in scripture in the book of Hebrews to remind Israel to remind the writers here in the book of Hebrews that there is nothing worth you abandoning or trading in your position in God. There is no friend that is so good of a friend to me that I'm going to trade in what God has promised me so I can indulge in the foolishness that you want me to indulge in. If you want to turn your back on God, I can't stop you. But I'm not going to abandon all the progress that I've made in God so I can come down and wallow in the mud with you for a few minutes. If you want to lie, lie. I can't stop you, but God's been too good to me. If you want to abandon your birthright, that's on you. But Elder Taylor can't do it, Deacon Zimmerman, because I look back over my life and I see where he has brought me from a mighty long way, and I have obtained many great and precious promises in him, and he has given me all things that pertaineth unto life and godliness, and so therefore I dare not sell out what God has promised unto me. There are many of us that are making situations, making decisions that are going to cause us to sell out and abandon our position in God. Why would you do such a thing? You remembered all the fasting that you've done. You remember all the praying that you've done. You remember all the sacrifices that you've made. You remember all the
all the friends that you've lost. You remember all the sleep that you've given up. You remember all the work that you've put in. You remember all the sacrifices that you made. Why in the world would you trade in this great richness that is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for a few momentary seconds of temporary satisfaction. The hunger that Jacob satisfied in Esau was not going to keep him full forever, but he traded in a lifelong blessing, a lifelong promise so that he could be satisfied in a few minutes. How many of us have made situations like that, made temper, made, made permanent decisions based on temporary situations? The sickness ain't come to stay. The disease didn't come to stay. The depression did not come to stay the hurt did not come to stay what you were going through did not come to kill you or take you out but if you could hold on for a little while longer you will receive the promise that God has intended for you to have I remember over there in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 it says for ye have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise ah the hunger the hunger that Esau had I'm going to use that to equate the hunger the lack that he to a lack in his life and the lack that we have in our life the key to dealing with the things that we lack in our life Deacon Evans is to have some patience and to exercise some patience for ye have need of patience, but that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. And you need patience so that you can keep doing the will of God. Because the Bible says here that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Only after you have done his will will your lack disappear. Only after you have done his will will you be satisfied in your soul. Only after you have done the will of God will you be delivered. Only after you have done the will of God will you be set free. Only after, y'all ain't gonna hit me up in here. Only after you have done the will of God will he come down and meet you where you are and command the devil to take his foot off your neck so that you can walk in the promises of God. You have need of patience. Doing the will of God is what's going to sustain you while you're patient. You're not just patient for no reason, but you're patient because you need to be take your time in doing the will of God. How many of you know you cannot rush God? Ah, uh, if he's got you in a season, the only thing that you can do is be patient and do his will. I know the devil's trying to tell you that it's going to kill you. I know the devil's trying to tell you that you're married ain't going to be worth nothing. I know the devil's trying to tell you that your family's going to fall apart. I know the devil's trying to tell you that you'll never get the finances that you need. I know the devil's trying to tell you and confuse you to the point to you woke up one day and didn't even feel like you were saved. You didn't know what was going on. You felt like you were unanointed. You felt like you were of God has turned his back on you. You felt like you were in lack. You felt like Esau 
felt. I feel like I'm about to die. You felt like darkness was all around you. But I've come to let Lively Stone Temple Columbia know that you have need of patience. If you hold on just a little while longer and keep on doing the will of God, you will receive the promise. You don't have to trade in the progress that you made so you can smile for a few minutes. God can give you eternal joy. God can give you eternal gladness. God can give you eternal happiness. God can put a smile on your face that no one can wipe off your face. But you've got to be patient. You've got to wait on them. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Wait on I'm scared. Wait on them. I feel lost. Wait on them. I feel hurt. Wait on them. I don't know which way to go. Fine. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord and wait on them because he said, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. God's got a reward for you. And he said, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. God's got more for you on the other side of your patience, on the other side of you doing the will of God. And Esau finds himself here in a situation where he has sold out the very thing that he was promised by his father. Can you imagine the remorse that he felt after he ate the food? While he was eating, he wasn't thinking, I'm losing everything that's been promised to me. While he was in the mess, he wasn't thinking. And as just like us, while you're doing the sin, you don't even think about the consequences. While you're gratifying and satisfying your flesh, you don't even think about, I could die doing this. I could OD doing this. I could lose my mind doing this. I could lose my job doing this. Because it is the devil's job, Deca, to blind you to the sin that you are in. He wants you to remind you, don't you see how good you feel now? Don't you see how good you felt when you told the saints off? Don't you see how good you felt when you left the church? Don't you see how good you felt when you cussed them out? Don't you feel how, see how good you felt when you abandoned the thing? You don't need all that foolishness. You don't need all that stuff. The devil wants to offer you instant quick gratification. And he does not, he's not going to remind you of the consequences that come along with it. He's going to tell you to go ahead and smoke, but he's not going to tell you that you're going to end up in AA. He's going to tell you to go ahead and drink, but he's not going to tell you that you're going to get behind the wheel and kill yourself. He's not going to tell you, but I'm so glad that I serve a God that ain't like that. God don't get, God don't promise you nothing bad. He don't promise you this negative stuff that the devil's trying to give you. But God, I tell you from Jump Street, if you come with me, I ain't promising you flowery beds of ease. But I promise you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, if you come with me, if you take up your cross daily and follow me, I'm going to be with you always. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you peace. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to like every day. But I promise you, I'm going to love you every day. The devil is not going to do that. He's going to tell you to get what you want to get now. And he's going to leave you dealing with the consequences that's the devil that we that we do that most of us serve that's the devil that most of us serve can I go ahead and say that that's the devil that we serve when you believe his lies you're serving them 
when you stand on what he's telling you, you're serving him. John 8 and 44 said it this way. He said, ye are of your father, the devil. Hallelujah. Because he was the father of lies. Everything the devil telling you, it is a lie. He cannot tell you the truth. And what he's going to do is tell you to go ahead and do it. It ain't going to be no consequences. But can I let you know right now that God has not changed his mind. The wages of sin is still death. And the soul that sinned, it shall surely die. Hallelujah to God. And so we find out here that this instant gratification that the devil is trying to offer is going to mess us up. Can you imagine? Don't you remember the remorse you felt after you did it? Hallelujah. It's always after we sin that we get all this courage and bravery. Oh, Lord, I never should have done that. You knew you wasn't supposed to do it before you did it. Where was that conviction before you sinned? Oh, my God. And so we find out here later on in his life, Isaac, their father, is getting ready to die. He's, he's in of his old age and his eyes are dim. Me, he's going blind. He can't really see. And so Isaac knows he's on his way out of here, Sister Mary. And so what he does is bring my eldest son to me. I want to give him the blessing before I get out of here. And he said, and they send for Esau, who's out hunting, who's out doing what he does, because he's a he's a huntsman. Yeah, that's what he does. He's a hunter. And his mother, Rebecca, overhears it and says, Jacob, your father's getting ready to die. Your father's on his way out of here. And so what I, but he said, go get Esau so he can bless him. What I want you to do is I want you to go and fix some pottage and take it to your father. Fix it just like Jacob, fix it just like Esau would fix it. And fix it, hallelujah, and make sure it's your father's favorite meal. The one that he would love and the one he always enjoys. Can I tell you something right quick? If you want to sin, there's always somebody that wants to do it with you. Hallelujah. If you are, if you want to do wrong, you always you might have to do right by yourself. But do you want to will you want to do what the devil tells you? He's always got some buddies that's willing to do it with you. Hallelujah. And so uh, our Rebecca tells him, as a matter of fact, go out and get some skins of the goats and put them on your arms because your brother's a hairy fella and he's going to know that it's not you with your smooth baby skin tail he's going to know that's not you he's going to know it's not Esau and so as he goes on here he does exactly what Rebecca tells him to do ain't this just the shadiest thing you ever heard she's deceiving her son and she's deceiving her husband so that this boy can get what she wants him to have hallelujah can I tell you all something I don't I don't don't you ever get caught up in people creating these avenues of sin for you to go down. I don't care how beautiful they make it look. If it's wrong, it's still wrong. I don't care how pretty they dress it up. If God calls it sin, it's still sin. And let all those that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Hallelujah to God. And so we find out here that Jacob, Jacob, not only does he put the skins on his arm, not only does he fix his father's favorite meal, but he goes on to put on some of Esau's clothes 
clothes that smell like the outside. Anybody remember your parents used to tell you that? Oh, y'all need to go get in the shower. You smell like the outside. You know, Esau smelled like his clothes smelled like outdoors. And so he went, he goes to his father while Esau is out trying to do the right thing. Somebody is conniving behind his back and it's his own family, his own twin brother that does not have his best interest at heart. Jacob, my God, don't you get sick of being this kind of person? Haven't you got tired of embarrassing your brother and fooling him out of this? Uh, what is what is the thing that's in you that should say, Mama, this ain't right? Where's the thing that's in you that should be convicted and say, Mama, we can't do this thing. I can't sell my brother out and I can't deceive my own father. But can I let you know something? That when the flesh has his mind made up and when the flesh is in control, the flesh will get, if you aren't spiritually minded, if you haven't been prayed up and before the Lord, the flesh is going to get what it wants every time. Y'all know I ain't lying because we done been there. Hallelujah. And so he goes over there to Esau. Esau hadn't even made it back from the field yet. And Jacob goes over there to his blind father and says, oh, here I am, daddy. And he says, he says, how did Jacob, Isaac says, how did you get the, the, how'd you get the soup made so fast? I just sent you out to the field to go kill the animal and you got to kill it. You got to hunt it, kill it clean it, bring it back, and cook it, and see how'd you get it so fast? And Jacob lies and oh, the Lord that you serve sent the animal to me. Now he's lying on God. That flesh is a mess. My God, my God. He lying on God now. Hallelujah, Lord God. Help him, Jesus. Oh, you ought to keep God out your mess. Hallelujah. When you want to keep God out that lie, don't you bring him into this. Uh, this one's on you. And then he feels his arm and says, well, you feel hairy like my son Esau. Uh, and he says, get closer so I, can, so I can hug you. And when he hugs him, he smells his clothes. And, oh, you smell like my son Esau. Saw, you must be him. And so Isaac proceeds to give him the blessing. My God. Isaac proceeds to give it to him. And then right when Jacob leaves with the blessing, here comes Esau ready to be blessed. Here comes Esau ready to get what's entitled to him. And he says, Dad, here I am and I've got it just like you asked me. And Isaac says, man, who are you? It's me. It's your son Esau. And he says unto him, he said, Dad, what happened? He said, oh my God. Isaac realized he's been tricked, but he gives the bless. He gives the he already gave the blessing to Jacob. Now Esau is hot as a bottle rocket in July, because this is the second time that his brother has done this to him and tricked him out of what was rightfully his. All of a sudden, Jacob, Esau does not get the double portion of blessing that is promised to the eldest son. All of a sudden, the land that comes with it, he does not get it. All of a sudden, the perpetual blessing upon him and his children and his grandchildren, he does not get it. But if I was Esau, I would he began to plead with his father, is there not anything else that you can give me? Is there not anything else that you can do for me? He would not dare go to his brother Jacob because he knew that Jacob was a low down, dirty trickster and supplanter. And so he finds himself in a precarious position here where the thing that he wanted, he could not get anymore. The thing that he was entitled to, he could not get it anymore. It was gone and already given to someone else. And so Jacob had nothing left to give him. Isaac had nothing left to give him. 
But can I remind the saints this morning at Live Stone that when you find yourself in a tight spot, when you feel like Esau, that you are so lacking that you are about to die, when you feel like you lost everything and everyone that was supposed to bless you is gone, everyone that promised to be there is gone, everyone that was required to give unto you is gone, I want to let you know this morning that we don't serve a God that's like that. The God that we serve is different than Isaac. And the God that we serve is different than Jacob. So whereas Isaac had run out of blessing to give and Jacob could not give anything unto Esau, I want to let you know this morning that the God that we serve, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you messed up, no matter what you're thrown away, he's got more to give you. God ain't short on nothing. I read in my Bible, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. He's got more to give you. The silver and gold belong to Jesus. My God, he's got more to give you. The cattle on a thousand hills, they belong to our God. My God's got more to give you. The grace that bringeth salvation. God's got more to give you. I read that after he came in the flesh, he went about the city healing all manner of diseases, healing all manner of sickness. My Lord and my God, he went about his business opening up the blinded eyes. You haven't been blind so long that God can't open your eyes. You haven't been sick so long that Jesus can't heal you. You haven't been lost so long that Jesus can't find you. You haven't been so down in the muck and the mire and in the pit of your despair that God won't reach way down. Get down in there with you and pull you out. Set your feet upon a rock. Establish your goings and put a new song in your heart. That's the God that we serve. Go back and pray one more time. He's got more to give you. Fast one more time. He's got more to give you. Read a little bit longer. He's got more to give you. He's not done blessing you. He's not done healing you. He's not done sanctifying you. He's not done making you righteous. You are the workmanship of God. You are his canvas. And he's painting himself on the pages of your heart and on your soul. You ought to get excited because God's got more to give. Don't let the devil lie to you. God ain't done. He's got more to give you. Hallelujah to God. God's got more to give you. Isaac had nothing left to give. Jacob couldn't give nothing else. And he and Esau was in a tight position. And because of his situation, his next step was to try and kill his own brother. Saints of God, Jesus is not doing us like that. He's got much more to give. He is not short on grace. He's not short on favor. He's not short on forgiveness. I love what Lamentation says. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. But his compassions fail not. His mercies are brand new to us. Every morning, he's got 
brand new mercies for us. How many, Sister Mary, he's so good that he doesn't even recycle the mercy he gave you yesterday. He's going to give you brand new mercy today. God's not sitting around, oh, I, got that. I don't know what kind of mercy I want to give her today. That's it. I'll just give her some brand new ones. Brand new mercy. You want to know why the thing that made you cry so hard yesterday didn't make you cry today? Because God gave you brand new mercy. You want to know why the thing that depressed you yesterday ain't depressing you today? Because God gave you a brand new mercy. You want to know why the sin you committed yesterday, God didn't let you die while you were doing it? Because he gave you a brand new mercy. He is not done with us yet. He's still got more left to give. God's got more for you. Go back and get all of it. Go back and get all of it. Make, I love Jonathan McReynolds. That's all he says. I make room for you. Make room for it. That's all you got to do. Empty yourself before the Lord. Fast and pray and empty yourself and make room for what he wants to give you. He will turn you into a receptacle of his grace. He will turn you into a receptacle of his grace. He's got grace to be falling out your ears. He will fill your cup until it what? Overflows. It's one of my favorite hymns. Says, God me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven. Feed me till I want no more. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven. Feed me till I want no more. And you know what? He'll do it. He'll do it. I ain't never heard of nobody getting so much blessings that, they, that it killed them. I ain't never heard of nobody getting so much favor that it just killed them. You're going to be all right. Let the Lord bless you. Make room for you. He's not done with us. He's not done with this ministry. He's not done with us, these people that are sitting in here. I'm telling you right now, God's got great plans for the people of God. But sacrifice is going to make it happen. You keep sacrificing being before the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. We hope that you have received something valuable from this message. We want to thank you so much for your time and support. God loves you and so do we. We hope that you have a fantastic and blessed week. Thank you. Amen.